All right, welcome to Respond Night Fire, Kick-Ass Reverend Gaming Podcast, Raffle Idiots. Two things before I even introduce anybody, which means you cannot speak until spoken to. That's the rules of being a host. Everyone's clear on that? Good, you didn't fall for it. Number one, Sunday Night Football is on, and all anyone cares about is that Taylor Swift is there because she's dating a football player. Who gives a shit? Stop showing Taylor Swift. Show me the football. Second of all, We've got some things to talk about, about Canada's sovereignty and the freedom that they don't have. I'm one of your hosts, Adam, uh, wins at everything Gumbert, and today we have with us Chad. How shook were you about Canada, Michael Ennis? Hi, I have the mic, and I'm going to commandeer it for three things. One, isn't the Taylor Swift football thing from last week? Are you watching last week's recaps? No, she's she's there again. She's there again? How many times do they play? Once a week. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, two. I was so shook when I literally just 90 seconds ago learned that Canada does not have freedom. That they are in fact enslaved to the British colonies. Like, whatever that means. I am completely shook. I have been making jokes. I feel like an asshole. I've been making jokes about American money being freedom money and Canada money not being free. And like a Canadians just generally not being free, but like that's something you all actually struggle with. Number three, I have, I'm going to commandeer for something like a little bit serious. October 1st, it is officially Mental Health Awareness Month. Do not be an asshole friend. Like, do not be the friend, not necessarily an asshole friend, but don't be the negative friend, you guys, you all. We're, we're inclusive here. Do not be the negative friend. If Sometimes people like to be around people who make them feel good, and it's okay to be critical sometimes, but if you're the kind of person who after every single movie, every single show that you see, every single game that you play, you have to find something immediately to say negative about it, like, rethink your choices. You make people not want to hang out with you. That's it. I'm still shook about Canada, though. All of that feels very pointed. Oh, and we also very have was very relevant today. Okay. I thought so. Thank you for being quiet this entire time. We also have with us Alex. He's from Canada and he's not free. Kazina. The following is a story from NintendoWire.com uh, written today on October 1st, 2023 by Jason Ganos. Toys R Us plans another comeback with new flagship stores. Toys R Us, the once king of everything toys and video games, is once again making a comeback after a six-year hiatus following its 2017 bankruptcy. This revival is led, led by WHP Global, Toys R Us's parent company, which acquired a controlling stake in 2021. This marks the third revival attempt of Toys R Us since 2017, including a lackluster showing at Macy's department stores around the country. You guys in the United States have tried multiple times now with mixed results to bring back Toys R Us, a beloved brand that you killed off, possibly because of that one Republican that was competing against Barack Obama, who Jeffrey people act giraffe. like, yeah, that guy. <laughs> we here in Canada, to this very day, have Toys R Us stores like they never left. They never left. And that's because we, despite being in a very tertiary way, a nation that is sort of kind of controlled by Great Britain. I definitely learned about it once in high school, but I forgot the exact specifics of it are nevertheless the superior country. And Alex. so you can diss us all you want for not being free. But at the end of the day, we got Toys R Us. Let me tell you about a, a digital revolution that happened in the early 2000s where we uh -huh. don't need Toys R Us because physical toys are old as shit. 
Xbox doesn't even want physical games anymore. Kids don't want to play with action figures. They want Roblox bucks. Nobody gives a shit about Toys R Us anymore. And that's why you're not free. You are still shackled to the physical realm. We're in the fucking metaverse, man. That's true freedom. <laughs> I will say... I will say... Go I explore do visit... the universe in Starfield on Xbox Game Pass in the cloud, bro. I will Don't say... Don't go with that I Republican visit... Joffrey the Giraffe. <laughs> All right, that's enough, Chad. I do visit... Toys R Us like once a month because it's located within a strip mall that also shares like a, a GameStop and a Walmart and like a couple of other stores of note. And I actually very, to be honest, very rarely buy anything from there. They actually completely eradicated their video game section. Like, I don't think they actually even sell video games anymore. See? That being said, that being said, I did purchase the Dixie Kong Lego playset, which I made on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. So they still got their uses. They still got their uses. Yeah, can't get that on Amazon or Walmart at all. <laughs> Only in Toys R Us in Canada. No, not at all. <laughs> uh, Twitch.tv slash Applebeat. It's Sunday evenings at 8.30. YouTube podcast services Tuesday at 9 a.m. Programming note real quick. Uh, Rafferty featuring Jacob McCourt and Luke Warm Lewis is up now <laughs> in podcast. It's so weird to me. It just makes me feel weird inside. It's like when ladies like are like, I don't like the word moist. It's like, I don't like the word lukewarm. And I just... Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> He's a wonderful man, though. Uh, that uh, Rafferty is up. Adam wasn't supposed to be there. That's the title of it, and uh, we'll move on. And then for Patreon people, patreon.com slash fire, you can get the next month's one, which we can announce here. Who's in that one? I wasn't there. Who was? It was. Get ready for this. Drum roll, please. Anthony Gallegos and Ryan Scott, formerly of the Comedy Button, currently of the Geekbox podcast, uh, and the podcast that Anthony Gallegos does, that I... I'm definitely not stalling for time for because Rebel I don't Rebel FM. Thank you, Adam. Adam actually is genuinely no joke somebody who listens to the podcast on a frequent basis, so he would know that off the top of his head. Uh, yeah, uh, the two guys came through in addition to uh, special guest in front of the show, Jerica Hanna, to play another game of Rafferty. So if you're like, man, this Jacob McCourt episode of Rafferty is somehow not satiating enough, I want more in my gullet. Oh man, oh man. <laughs> You are in for quite the treat. You said her name correctly, us on Alex, Patreon. You can't let people yeah. know you can pronounce names correctly. <laughs> Go watch that episode if you want to know what Chad is referring to. All right. Upcoming on today's show. Not much at all, really, but we'll go ahead and go to our main <laughs> quest, I guess. More layoffs. Is Epic okay? Question mark, question mark. From multiple people at VGC. Not a person named multiple, but multiple different articles oh, on a okay. single website. I know sometimes oh. Chad is confused about it. It's okay. He has freedom. We'll learn and we'll move on. Um, <laughs> he has freedom. <laughs> Epic Games is laying off around 16% of its workforce, it's announced. The company, which is responsible for the Unreal Engine and Fortnite, Fortnite excuse me, is laying off around 100, 830 employees. 830. Uh, the job cuts were announced in a memo to staff from Epic CEO Tim Sweeney, in which he states that two-thirds of the layoffs are in teams outside of core development. Um, for, it's a quote now from Sweeney. For a while now, we've been spending way more money than we earn, investing in the next evolution of Epic and growing Fortnite as a metaverse-inspired ecosystem for creators. I had long been optimistic that we could power through this transition without layoffs, but in retrospect, I see that this was unrealistic. Uh, Epic Games has said Mediatonic's work on Fall Guys remains a, quote, company priority, following reports that the UK studio had been had been hit hard by layoffs. Um, I, before we talk about it, I just love this part of the quote. For a while now, we've been spending way more money than we earn. 
I don't need to hear the rest of it. That's wild. Like, hey, we just spent a lot of money and it was too much by 830 people. Um, this is the thing that happened. A lot of layoffs in tech. And, it, and Epic, for me, is kind of weird just because, you know, Unreal and Fortnite make a shit ton of money, but apparently not enough shit ton of money. Um, you guys talk about it. Taylor Swift's on the TV. <laughs> it's so it's it's just like so many shitty decisions have to be made in order to mismanage your company this badly that like 16% of you to have something that is so ubiquitous throughout pop culture that everyone in the world knows at least the name Fortnite, let alone, you know, all sorts of things about it. But like to ostracize your most popular audience on iOS by just like doing some random stunt that then like takes all of that player base out of your your revenue stream to then spending wildly on all sorts of third party content to put into this game knowing that you don't have the cash to back it up and then like the epic game store stuff like going super hard and aggressive but i understand you're taking risks and making bets that like aren't working out but way too many risks and bets for a company that like you have a lot of money so you got to learn how to like you got to learn to use what you've got and not overspend and it's like i don't know it's a lot of really shitty management decisions made um and with a big consequence 16 percent. that's 830 people that's wild yeah. And, and it also, uh, I mean, this is a very, very small piece of the puzzle, but, you know, earlier this year, uh, Rumbleverse, uh, which was published by Epic, ended its services. And I remember when that happened, we were all like, oh, man, does this like speak to just how crazy chaotic the games as a service market is right now that a game like this can't survive? And now in this context, I'm like, was there some behind the scenes stuff going on and Rumbleverse was just an easy target for them to be like, yeah, we're, uh, we need to uh, cut costs because we are bleeding money as we speak. Um, yeah, so this has definitely had many, uh, many things have been impacted by this. And yeah, I echo chat and saying like, clearly there is some not great management going on there right now. Yeah, um, as not a business person. But it seems, again, it seems to be just kind of not just gaming wide, but tech wide, where it was like, hey, again, a lot of articles I read is like, hey, when COVID hit, everyone's like, all right, we're making a lot of money, people spending money because everyone's sitting at home. Let's just like ramp up staffing, just like buy a shit ton. And well, this will keep going forever. And it's just like, everyone's like, actually, it did not. We have to be realistic. And then everyone gets laid off. It's just like, I don't know. I, again, that's probably why I'm not in business because I'm like, that doesn't make sense. But then, you know, <laughs> these companies made a shit ton of money for like three years. So that probably looks good. If you're the head CEO guy, it's like, look how much profit I made for three years. Fire those people. They have a severance package. Who cares? We'll move on. So, I mean, to me, it makes sense. Like when you're not making as much money, maybe rein in the spending. But I did not go to business school. I only went to firefighter school. And that's a story for another day. Yeah. Guess whose house is not on fire right now? Yours. I hope Guess not. whose business is on fire? <laughs> Tim's. <laughs> Tim specifically. Uh, but yeah, hope all those people land on their feet. It's always rough, but it seems to be happening a lot. Did you see too uh, that it was like such? Not only was not only was it poor management that got them in this situation, but did you see that there were also people who who got like they forgot to get fired <laughs> like several days after? I, I, like, I kind of saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh shit! We actually meant to fire you too. So goodbye. Like. It's such a large, it's wild that it's such a large number of people that they're laying off at once that they couldn't even keep track of it well. That's wild. 
Yeah, that's wild. They're like, oh, sorry, you were supposed to be gone. Don't come in on Monday. Yeah. Got fired on your day off. Classic Friday goof. I will say, I would expect no less from company of that size, but I will say that they are offering six months severance. They are offering health insurance for six months and all this stuff. Whereas, like, that's not something that's guaranteed that you see all the time. I can't remember what company it was. That is true. Yeah. I feel like it was last month. Some, like, a bunch of people got laid off on the 31st of the month which means mm. that like their health insurance expired that day, where if they had waited a day, they would have had health insurance at least for another for month. For a whole month. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That sounds right. Yeah, good on them, but uh, let's not, uh, let's manage our money better. That being said, Exoka is in Fortnite now, if you want to go unlock Exoka. <laughs> sure I wonder spent... if we'll see a, a, a slowdown of licensed content coming to Fortnite. It doesn't seem to be as much anymore. It seems to be like they recycle the old ones and like maybe once a month they'll be like, here's somebody. It doesn't seem as crazy as it used to be. Uh, But anyways, I guess we're going to move on to playtime because that is what's next. Uh, Alex, you go first because I need to actually see if I played anything else. Continue. Real quick, real quick, before I get into what I've been playing, uh, I meant to bring this up when you talked about the content in Fortnite nowadays. Apparently, uh, Fortnite brought back their share the wealth emote on the same day as the mass layoffs. This is from Kotaku. Oof. Uh, yeah, uh, it appears that the emote, which was added to the game earlier uh, this year in Chapter 4, Season 3, was only on sale for a brief period before being removed, according to Fortnite BR and others. The, the emote was removed when uh, Epic took down the entire daily rotation tab from the store shortly after the emote went live. Yeah, obviously that was not intentional i'm sure no one even had any idea people were being laid off when they planned that to go live but man that's a bad look (laughs) yeah definitely not a great look uh moving on to what i've been playing this week uh i basically dabbled in two games number one is a game that i'm calling getting over it Two with bennett foddy aka sonic the hedgehog Frontiers The Final Horizon. Actually, that's incorrect. Uh, it's not Sonic the Hedgehog Frontiers. It's just Sonic the Frontiers. Because nope, now not he's even that. An it's inform. Sonic Frontiers. This game has seriously done a number on me. So, Sonic Frontiers comes out late 2022. Uh, doesn't get utterly glowing reviews, but everyone's kind of like, yeah, this game's better than a lot of these Sonic games as of recent. I decided to buy into it because I'm like, you know what? Let's give this one a shot. I end up enjoying it. I don't remember where I ranked it on my top 10 list of games for that year. Uh, If you had told me that I had put it at the number 10 spot, I probably would have been like, yeah, that seems right. Um, I found running around as Sonic in that game to be very enjoyable. I thought that the kind of moment to moment kind of gameplay loop of that game is surprisingly decent. The game was very unpolished and definitely uh, not... Uh, by any means, like even I would say the best Sonic game that I've played. Uh, A lot of pop-in, a lot of just weird design decisions, but overall enjoyed it fine. Uh, I've been keeping tabs on the various DLC that is released for this game since its release, uh, but I've not really jumped into it because I was kind of waiting for the big, meaty, story-based content with new playable characters that they had promised uh, come from around when the game originally launched last year. Uh, And they finally released it this past Thursday, Sonic Frontiers, uh, the Final Horizon DLC, which is basically like an alternate 
uh, ending scenario slash gameplay segment where you take control of Sonic the Hedgehog and his pals, Amy Rose, Tails the Hedgehog, and Knuckles the Echidna. And man, oh man, this DLC is freaking hard. So unbelievably hard that I tried on two separate attempts to come to terms with it, and ultimately I quit for good the second time around. Whoa. Um, Controlling Tails, Amy Rose, and Knuckles is fine enough. They all have individual quirks that make them rather different to control compared to Sonic the Hedgehog. Like, Tails can fly around in the air. Knuckles has this weird gliding move. Their segments, at least what I played of them, were fine enough as is. Some challenging bits, but ultimately I was able to get through them. Then the game switches you over to Sonic the Hedgehog. And it's like, hey, uh, your first task as Sonic the Hedgehog is you... I have to climb up this really, 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 really tall tower. I'm like, okay, sounds good. You know, during the campaign of Sonic Frontiers, I had to do that a couple of times, and it wasn't that hard. They introduced checkpoints uh, at various points throughout the tower that I could use to get back up to where I previously left off as I was climbing them. And the game's like, good. Well, guess what? None of those checkpoints exist, and also, it's some of the most challenging platforming that we have ever subjected you to in a Sonic game. Straight up spent what felt like close to half an hour trying to climb up the first tower. And I was like, this sucks. I'm quitting this. Goodbye, Sonic Frontiers of the Final Horizon. Read online that a lot of people are also similarly struggling uh, as I've been struggling. Like, what was funny about it is I kind of played this DLC in isolation without having heard yet what other people thought of it. Uh, And so it was one of those things of like, do I just suck at this game or is this really hard? And it was validating the next data here. A lot of people be like, yeah, this DLC is next level difficult. Uh, But a lot of people were saying, if you're having trouble with the towers, just switch the difficulty to easy because they actually introduce additional platforms and balloons that make the process of getting up the towers easier. So I'm like, okay, cool. Come home the next night, turn on easy difficulty. Uh, and I actually managed to get to the top of the first tower. I'm he like, said okay, balloons. Great. I had to do balloons. <laughs> you did. You did. Um, and I'm like, okay, this is still pretty challenging. But if the DLC as a whole is only like three, four hours, I can struggle through this. And immediately after getting to the top of the tower, the DLC is like, great. Here's your next challenge. You have to fight four of the most challenging ninja enemies that you've ever fought in the entire game. You only have 400 rings and you lose 375 of them the moment that you first get hit. Good luck. Tried once, tried twice, tried about seven times total. I'm like, yeah, I don't think this is for me. And that was my experience with Sonic Frontiers, The Final Horizon. Boo. Boo. I, Here's I'll the be thing. Honest, I bought it last month because I was like, you know what? Alex had pretty good things to say about it last year. I've been waiting for it to go on sale. And then they've got Final Horizon coming out. I mean, I'll still play the base game for sure. But like, sure. yeah, it sucks that, that it's not what you wanted well, it to be. But, but so here's what I was curious about. Were you like particularly motivated to buy this game because you really wanted to play the Final Horizon? Not for the Final Horizon, no. I was just like, oh, what a good opportunity. Okay. Like, the game's coming out and there's a there's an update coming soon. So I was like, oh, cool. Because like, ultimately, in. like, you know, everybody's mileage will vary, especially with a game like this, which is kind of wonky. But like, I think you will still get a lot of great quality gaming content out of the base campaign. There also are, there are no trophies associated with the new Final Horizon DLC content. So you don't need to worry about not, getting that 100% if you don't complete it. Uh, but yeah, the Final Horizon itself is just very challenging. But again, I think the base game, I think you'll you'll get some enjoyment out of that. All the same. 
Cool. Damn, wild. A year later, and Coach is like, it's too hard. You think they'll probably update that and make it not as bullshit? Maybe. I mean, th that's the thing is that they did actually like in between the initial release of Frontiers and now they actually did release a number of updates of like big and small size that did introduce some like useful quality of life features into the game. Uh, there was this one thing that everybody complained about where you have to go to this dude called the Elder Coco and you have to give him these small creatures called Cocos to upgrade your stats. And it was this really monotonous thing where like, you're like, do you want to upgrade your speed? Yes. Okay, we will upgrade your speed. Okay, your speed is upgraded. Do you want to upgrade your speed again? Okay, we'll upgrade your speed. They uh, introduced an update that significantly sped that up, as well as a bunch of other stuff. So that's like the I would Pokemon not Center. It... You welcome to the Pokemon Center. Do you want yeah, us to heal exactly. your Pokemon? Okay, your Pokemon. It's like mashing the X button. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I would not put it past. Uh, the folks at Sega to introduce some updates to make this DLC a little bit easier. The problem is, is that when Sonic Frontiers came out, a lot of the hardcore Sonic fans complained, this game is too easy. Like, that was, like, one of the main complaints that that crowd of people had. And so I feel like, from that perspective, I can't see them making this DLC that much easier because I feel like, from their perspective, it's like, you guys said it wasn't hard enough, so we made it harder. We're not going to re rebuff on that, but we'll see. All right. What was next? What was next Chad's was Freeman. playing through <laughs> and seeing Sea of Stars to completion. <gasps> uh, I'll keep my uh, spoilery thoughts to a minimum because who knows? Maybe we may or may not do some sort of episode slash spoiler cast on this in the future and we talk more in depth about it. But uh, I finally managed to see Sea of Stars to completion. Uh, I have not completed the like post-game like uh true ending stuff yet uh but i did complete a lot of the side quest stuff leading up to it uh and yeah that game is really kind of truly special i do have still a couple of little uh quips and issues that uh, we'll get into on another occasion but like it really 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 impressed me something that we've you know all witnessed firsthand uh, over the course of the past couple of years is that a lot of these retro throwback games are not all created equal. Earlier this year, as part of Barf, we played um, Axiom Verge, the like old school 8-bit style Metroidvania game. And, you know, we all walked away from it with differing opinions. But I think the one thing we agreed upon is this game is good, but it's not quite a masterpiece. Sea of Stars despite my slight little qualms with it, is, I think, definitely a masterpiece. I think, um, what's their faces? Uh, Chad, you would know the name of the studio by now. Oh, um, fuck. It's the chimpanzee. Sabotage. Sabotage Studios. Sabotage. Sabotage. Quebec Studio represent. They really knocked it out of the park with this game. And I think that if you're sitting there being like, oh, man, I want an old school tribute to the 16-bit jrpgs of old as well as the uh mario rpgs of old like sea of stars more than just being a tribute to those games really does live up to sabotage's pledge to make a game that like truly kind of like evokes the kind of wonder and quality of those games and so yeah i'm so really, happy really you, satisfied you that it. i saw yeah. it through to the end you're just gonna i can't wait i can't wait let's definitely do a spoiler talk let me know whenever you finished it and then let's schedule a spoiler talk okay Looking forward to it. And by finished, I mean like do the do the true ending, 
you don't necessarily have to do the flimsy hammer secret Easter egg, but I definitely recommend doing the that. Flimsy as well. hammer yeah. secret Easter there egg. There are four okay. flimsy hammers. Make sure you get all four. If you if you want to see the Easter egg at the very very end, like it's. Cool. I mean, I'll definitely I will definitely platinum it. So okay. you don't yeah. need the flimsy hammers to platinum the thing. So got just it. Keep that in mind. All right, Chad, tell me what you've been doing, bud. I've been peeing a lot this week. Been doing oh, some lies no. using of that pee, pee organ, baby. Using that pee, pee organ to pee a little bit. <laughs> oh yes, yeah. putting some quartz in my pee organ, aka kidney stones. Um, yeah, lies of pee. I've been playing that. Um, most opportunities that I have to game this week, and I'm very, very into it. I have. Uh, I'm in the cathedral area now, Adam, to give you an idea of like progress that I've made. So killed a few bosses. Um, I feel like it's not, I very much enjoy it. I feel like it is exactly what I want from a, from a bloodborne type game. I feel like it has, um, some spooky to it. I feel like it has some like really cool things going on. I like the aesthetic. I realized too, that like the steampunk almost aesthetic, like some of the things evoke a little bit of Bioshock to me, which I think is why I really, really dig it. So, yeah, liking Liza P a lot. The bosses I've found are so far uh, kind of feel like Mega Man bosses to me where, like, they're really, really tough unless you figure out, like, what's the thing that just completely shreds them. And once you figure that thing out, it's like, oh, yeah, this boss is easy as shit, um, which is similar. And what's to, like, the Mega weakness Man's. or what's the tell? And then just, like exactly and their ass to them yeah and if you're if you're exploring the environments like completely and thoroughly you'll find little like notes and flyers and stories from people everywhere that will kind of hint at hey these types of things are really weak to this kind of shit and so um it's pretty easy to, to find out but anyway really enjoying life of p lies of p um pv oh yeah pokemon violet still playing a little bit of pokemon violet um but i have halted Pokemon Violet in an attempt to play Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis. An attempt, huh? An attempt. So Pokemon Violet, again, for the last couple of weeks has been my, like, I'm on the elliptical, I'm on the treadmill, let me play this for 45 minutes at a time. And I'm like, all right, Ever Crisis is out. They're talking, like, they're, I guess it's episodic in a way, where, like, they're launching story missions every so often, and everyone's talking about Sephiroth's origin story is now in the game and that kind of thing. So I'm like, all right. Let me let me jump into this thing, see if I can get into it. And I have tried on three different occasions, over about four hours total, and I I hate everything about this game, you all. It is it is What is this? The, you keep saying Ever Crisis and I have no idea. So what Final it Fantasy VII Ever Crisis was announced at the same time as what was it, First Soldier, which I think was like the mobile uh, battle royale, maybe it was, or something like that. But essentially, this is like the one mobile thing that is supposed to encompass all the story content from all the Final Fantasy VII universe, including the original Final Fantasy game, in Final Fantasy VII, including Dirge of Cerberus, the PS2 first-person shooter spinoff, including the movie Advent Children, including Crisis Core, including First Soldier spinoff game, including new Sephiroth content, which is also called First Soldier, which is really confusing. Um, so it's supposed to be that thing on mobile, and, and it's the idea was... It's not the full games, but it's vignettes of big moments throughout it to kind of guide you through the story so far 
I think in a preparation in preparation for Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. That's the intent of this thing, but it is the most fucking gotcha mobile ass thing on the fucking planet, y'all. There are first of all, every single time you load up the game, you enter in, and it's about ninety seconds of. You signed in for today. You get 50 blue crystals. Login bonus on the second day in a row for this event. You get 45 red crystals. You get an extra ticket for this gotcha bonus game. This is a new event happening next week. Limited time in the store right now. Five guaranteed five-star Sephiroth weapons. Limited time just next week coming. You just unlocked dungeons. You just unlocked this battle with this person. Co-op battles now available. Patch notes from this. And it's just that non-stop for I had a quick question for you yeah all the gotcha stuff i understand it's a mobile game how is there gotcha stuff if it's just showing moments from single player video games because adam they have shoehorned it feels like combat into this thing mm, okay. and mm. so as you're progressing you're progressing in literally like four or five minute chunks of the story and they are labeled as they're confusing as fuck. They are story missions because there are like 95 different types of missions you could be doing in this thing. They are story missions and there are like chapter one, main session one, subfolder one dash four. And again, they're like four to five minutes at a time. And sometimes they have combat in them. Sometimes like in the case of I've, I've you know, done the first two macro reactors and I'm now in the church with Eris and the flowers and you fight what's his butt. And this it's just a conversation with Aerith. She's like, do you remember me? We met. I gave you a flower. Yes, I remember you. Chapter done. Congratulations. You get five more blue crystals. You just unlocked this brand new co-op dungeon. <laughs> Congratulations. You got six gloves for some character you don't even Man. know exists yet. And I'm like, cool. I am. And then they're like, start the Hold on, hold on. Then they're like, start the next chapter. I hit start. You pick up with the next sentence in that same conversation. Yeah, I remember you. <laughs> I was like, why the fuck is this a different chapter? <laughs> I am getting like such major flashbacks to Kingdom Hearts Unchained X. Fun fact. Fun fact. I only discovered Discord as a platform, the platform that we're using to do this podcast on right now because in-game in Kingdom Hearts Unchained X, me and the other people that I was part of as part of our guild were like, oh man, it'd be really good if we could properly coordinate raids trying to beat these giant heartless monsters that are just huge time and money sucks. And I was like, hey, I've heard about this Discord platform. Why don't we all go on there? And yeah, I guess I'm thankful to it in that way. But man, I, I know exactly what you're feeling right now, Chad, because what you're describing about Ever Crisis is exactly the way that Kingdom Hearts Unchained X was. Just a lot of really weird, disjointed story told over like a grueling pace with lots of microtransactions. Yeah. And I wouldn't I wouldn't hate it as much if they were easy to ignore or if the actual gameplay was good. But my problem is that like you get into the gameplay and the combat that happens is first of all, you have characters that like you eventually you get the choice of like what party do i want to bring into this thing do i want to play it with the like story canon party or do i want to like swap out with some other random ass members that i could but you get in there and like everybody seems to already have a bunch of magic high level skills and high level limit breaks and that kind of shit your weapons that you're constantly getting from these blue crystal gotcha things with bonus tickets and event things seemingly don't matter because i've never explored any of them or upgraded any of them but also I just hit the auto button in battle 
and everything happens at 10x speed and all battles are over in literally like 11 seconds and nobody ever struggles with anything it's just like it's so boring it's so stupid and then the content that's there is yes it's the story content with yes a lot of the same dialogue and brand new different like completely different art styles and rendered differently just for this experience but it's just ruined by the entire experience of it all another so tiny little thing that gets to me too is that uh -huh. like the voice acting is japanese and there's no option uh, to swap and that's it's no like that's not normally a thing that would trip me up like watching movies with subtitles is not a thing for me that that like gets me but it is whenever like i'm accustomed to english speaking cloud and sephiroth i've gone through multiple games where they speak english and now to like only hear them speak japanese i'm like oh i'm now completely disconnected from these characters yeah reading subtitles on your phone so i guess can you finally knock this out of your list of games I hope to play this year? You just named like 17 Final Fantasy games earlier this year of things <laughs> you were playing this fall. You can take this off the list now, right? Yeah, I am 100% going to just YouTube the brand new unique Sephiroth stuff mm -hmm. out of this stuff and and ignore everything else about this experience. But I am still going to go back and platinum Final Fantasy VII Remaster for PS4, which is the PS1 game. Um, okay. Just because I want, I really want to know, especially as we're going into rebirth. Like I want to know how drastically or not drastically it deviates from the original game because I have not played the original game since I was like eleven years old. So I want to know. Gotcha, gotcha. See what's different now that uh, Alex is gone. You want to talk smack about Canada some more? Oh, oh. fucking Canada in their oh, he's back. He heard us. He's back. He's back. We can't say anything now. Okay. Uh, as for me, I played. I did three things that all have the letter C in them. Look mm -hmm. at me. I'm cool over here. First was Cyberpunk. Played that. Game's awesome. Again, that update is wonderful. I haven't even got to the DLC yet. I'm just doing everything else because it feels so wow. new and different. Um, yeah, I really like the uh, the new, uh, what do you know, like the skill system. Just like abilities you couldn't do. Basically now, I'm like, I can jump, double jump, air dash, and then like, dive to somebody with a sword and just like cut them in half immediately it's fucking great it feels awesome i'm like i'm a cyber ninja even though i'm still like on the second story mission <laughs> so I'm just like hey v you want to come out and help us do this basic ass thing and i just like murder like 30 dudes in, in like two seconds it's like oh good job v you're really good apparently um so no, that's good i will talk more whenever i actually get to the dlc but I'm excited. So it yourself was only in the new content, right? So like you have not seen his donger yet, right? I have not seen him yet, even though people okay. say he is in the world before you get to the DLC because okay. he's a spy. Okay. She's doing spy stuff, but I have not seen hmm. him yet. Um, but next, I did play a new game. I played about 45 minutes or so. Played a little game called Cocoon. Cocoon Ooh. is a new puzzle game from Cocoon. Cocoon. Uh, <laughs> it's a puzzle game from someone who worked on Inside. You know, every time we hear that. Because I remember last year, Somerville was like, some of the people who made Inside in Limbo. This is also a person who made Inside in Limbo, but this game is awesome. Uh, Cocoon is wonderful. It's really weird and trippy. Like, the idea is that, like, you have, like, these orbs, and, like, you go in and out of worlds to, like, do the puzzles. So it's like, all right, I'm going to grab this orb and move it with me. And I move it to this new spot. And then I jump back into the orb that I carried to go get an, an item I didn't have, bring it out of the orb to walk over here. And it's, it is so mindfucky, uh, but it's, it's an excellent, excellent puzzle game. I say everyone try that out. It's on every, well, I know it's on PlayStation. I know it's on Xbox. I know it's on Game Pass. 
you guys should definitely check it out. It's really good. I was like, I'm normally not super, again, like Inside of Limbo are wonderful. It's hard to like follow in that footsteps. I'm not saying this is that good, but it is very, very good. It's an excellent I, puzzle game. I'm amazed that they managed to somehow get Wolford Brimley back for this game, despite him having already died as of several <laughs> years ago. Diabetes is wild. You say the right words and you get resurrected. Wow. Is that how it works? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. I don't know if you've Holy seen the Family shit. Guy episode, but he was talking about the fact that he's been hitting his wife and then his wife's been dead for like four years. And he's like, who the hell did I hit? Turns out she had diabetes. <laughs> she came I'm just really life. Where, where did the Wilford Brimley thing come from? <laughs> I don't know, but I ran with it. it. It was like some commercial that he did for like some medication. But the thing is, is that like, I think in the <laughs> commercial itself, he pronounces diabetes, diabetes. correctly. I have diabetes. But like, like, <laughs> like, it's not like, a, like, oh, he's just some like weird old Western man who pronounces it weird. Like, I'm pretty sure it's just an act. But it's an act that oh, took off. Oh, but you're oh, you talking, he was in the weird. movie Cocoon. No, okay, I'm, yes. seeing, I'm getting. I'm making the connection. He was in a movie I called no Cocoon idea. in 1985. I that means an actor? I thought he yes. only did the diabetes commercials. Yeah, he was in <laughs> He was in Cocoon. He was in, uh, what was the John Carpenter movie? The Thing. Uh, he hmm. was in the first of the two Star Wars Ewoks movies. He was like the weird old man that gives the main character like a potion or something. I was 100% convinced that that man, his only job in his entire <laughs> life was doing diabetes commercials that came on during The Price is Right. I thought that was all that he did. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> diabetes. Uh, and then the last thing I did, I watched a show called The Continental, oh. which is the oh. John Wick TV show. It's three episodes. Oh. It's a Winston origin story about how he got The Continental. Um, every episode is like an hour and a half. Like it's like I'm watching like a BBC fucking special here or whatever. Uh, what's the first one? It's pretty good. I'm gonna keep watching it. Is it live action? Three episodes. Animated? Live action. Oh, that's the one that everyone. There was a big deal because they had Mel Gibson in it. Oh, like they announced that years ago. Oh, um, but now we have. It's a young Winston. Uh, a young uh, Lance Reddick is in it. Oh, yeah, not Lance Reddick, but someone. I think it, I'm pretty sure this is the guy is the same. Oh, character that he becomes eventually. Oh. Um, so no, it's just cool. The, I would say that the fight scenes are like, oh no, this definitely feels like John Wick. Like a lot of like punchy, punchy, really good like shoot dudes in the head. You know, the choreography in John Wick's really cool. I don't oh. know how to explain it, but it, it's pretty solid. I'm like for a Peacock, show, dude. Peacock putting out bangers. Oh, it's a between peacock Twisted show. Metal. Oh, okay, Twisted Metal, Twisted Metal, and I don't the know if I said this on this on the podcast, but like I watched Twisted Metal a few weeks ago in to completion, mm -hmm. and it's like. Fuck, I really want Twisted Metal Season 2 right now. <laughs> yeah, I really want Season 2. I was so surprised by it. That Peacock does some all right stuff. Uh, again, I'm not saying it's the greatest thing ever, but it was another thing that started with C. So on my list, I wanted mm -hmm. to have three things that started with C. Speaking so of things, like, Cox starts with C, Vagina starts with yeah. V. There's that new Gen V show, which is the boys' mm -hmm. spinoff about other people who aren't the seven. That came out on Friday. I have not watched any of it, but it's getting very, very good reviews. So yeah, yeah. just alert to everyone out there. The first three episodes up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have not watched it. I've only seen season one of The Boys. I want to get to it, but I'm really scared of when they go inside a penis, and I'm just, like, terrified of that yeah, scene. Yeah, that's just so the first really episode. And just in the first scene of the first episode, a penis gets exploded. So just... Then you that's can, a tough it, one. It never me. happens again. <laughs> okay, I can live with that. <laughs> uh, but all right, moving on from playtime, going on to the quest log, things that happened this week. Again, like I said at the top of the show, not much, but we're here. 
talking about stuff. PlayStation head retires to spend more time with his cats. It's from Alex Stedman and IGN. <laughs> was it his cats or was it his dogs in that dumb? It was his cats. It was, it was his, his cats. cats. Yeah. Very funny. Very funny. Uh, Jim Ryan, who's been president and CEO of Sony Interactive Entertainment since 2019, is retiring in March 2024. Sony announced the news first broke via post on X slash Twitter from uh, Jason Schreier before, before Sony confirmed it with their own announcement shortly after. It's a quote now from Jim Ryan. After 30 years, I've made the decision to retire from SIE in March 2024. I've relished the opportunity to have a job I love in a very special company, working with great people and incredible partners. But I found it increasingly difficult to reconcile living in Europe and working in North America. I will leave having been privileged to work on products that have touched millions of lives across the world. PlayStation will always be a part of my life, and I feel very optimistic. And I feel more optimistic than ever about the future of SIE. So a couple of things here people are talking about. Yeah, he made the dumb cat comments and stuff. But, like, PlayStation made a lot of money. He's a businessman. That's what they do. Did you guys know he was from Europe? Yeah. He, did, he didn't, no. Does he have an accent? I don't remember this man having an accent. He has a... I don't know if I could place what country it's from, but he definitely has an accent. Oh, okay. I just he, feel like I see him so rarely. I just never put that's it together the thing. Yeah, head. he's a very business guy. He was the person who also is like, we ha we don't do crossplay because we have to protect the children. Like, that was him yeah. before he became <laughs> okay. a president. Um yeah, he definitely had an accent. My issue is that, like, Andrew House, who is a Sony executive, I can't remember what position he holds right now, but Andrew yeah. House and Jim Ryan, I always in my brain conflate both of their names as Andrew Ryan, and then that's Bioshock. Oh, and no. That's, that's, a, that's a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. So I'm glad now that we'll hopefully have someone in charge, Hiroki Totoki, which is a much more fun thing to say and does not invoke, you know, the dy dystopian Andrew Ryan when I say it. It was weird to see Twitter completely blow up when this guy announced his retirement. Like the level on which people were like, holy shit, this is breaking the game. This is completely unexpected. It's like you would have thought that Satoru Iwata died twice in a row. Uh, this guy, I mean, you know, he presided over one of the more profitable and renowned periods of PlayStation, clearly responsible for, you know, a lot of the reasons why it was. Uh, why this particular era has been so successful for them, but like the, the man himself, like completely has faded into be the background for me. Like yeah. I, I honestly was had completely even forgotten. Oh yeah, Andrew Ryan. Uh, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> See. Fuck. See. <laughs> yeah, and that's, uh, the, that's the thing. Ryan. A lot of people are saying like, oh, we need like a Phil Spencer. Like you're right, Jim Ryan made PlayStation a lot of money, made a lot of great business decisions in the last few months, but he's not a person, for a few years, but he's not a, a personality. He's not the person who's out in front of the camera talking about all the cool things that are coming to PlayStation and that kind of shit. And maybe, maybe the next person could be or should be. I don't know, but... Um, you know what's really interesting about that? Because I've been listening to multiple shows. Of course, this was the news last week. I listened to a lot of gaming podcasts. A lot of different mm -hmm. people were talking about that where in like... Early 2000s to the early aughts, like that was a thing to be like, again, you had Reggie, you had, uh, who was the guy that everyone, Kevin was Butler. <laughs> Butler, who's the other guy? Was it Layden? Ronnie, the kid from the PlayStation Portable. <laughs> <laughs> What's the other? Whatever. Oh, Sean Layden. There was a, Sean Layden. Yeah, and Kevin Butler. There was definitely a time where it's like, be a fun, of course, like Miyamoto, but he's also, he's not an executive. He's a, he's a mm. game maker, right? Yeah. So yeah. obviously- it's different. But there was a time where, like, yeah, Reggie, and of course we have Phil now, but Phil's really the only one anymore. And now it's yeah. just like, we're business people. And like, that's just the norm now. So it's just funny to think that, like, maybe the next person will have personality. Like, do they need to? Don't they just really need to sell PlayStation products? And that's really all that matters. 
but I do like when they have personality. Um, I miss the Kevin cool Butler accents. days. I miss yeah. Kevin Butler. I love it. So we'll see what happens. Either way, it'll be, just be someone who makes money for them, which is good. Hopefully it's not an idiot. Get somebody good. Yeah. Um, but we'll see what happens. Elon Musk. They are. They announced Hiroki Totoki is taking over interim, and then next year they're going to figure out a, a legit successor. Mm-hmm. Here's another thing. I don't know what Doug Bowser sounds like. Does Doug Bowser have an accent? Is he from Europe? Couldn't peaches, tell you. peaches, 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 peaches. <laughs> he might as well be Jack Black. I yeah. have no idea what he sounds like. Uh, but good on Jim Ryan. I mean, PlayStation is doing some cool stuff. Let's just hope that that Games as a Service doesn't. Yeah. He's like, all right, I'm gone now. Have fun with that. We'll see. I wonder if he's like. Hey everyone, since I'm leaving in two weeks, make me responsible for the PlayStation Plus price hikes. And then, like, you can cut me out. <laughs> it's like, who gives a shit? I'm making my money. It doesn't yep. matter. I'll be the scapegoat. Uh, all right. Our last story. This is just Adam dancing on a grave, man. I don't really I also want... realized I uh-huh. read this whole thing and we never say the name of the game that you're talking about. <laughs> it's not in there. Oh, well, everyone knows what I'm talking about. This remake totally isn't dead from Andy Robinson at VGC. This is all in reference to Knights of the Old Republic remake, the supposed PlayStation launch exclusive coming, who knows when, <laughs> uh, this week. Fans noticed that the tweet from the primary PlayStation Twitter account announcing uh, KOTOR remake in 2021 had been deleted, while the title's reveal trailer had also been made private on YouTube. Uh, this, combined with press reports the title's allegedly troubled development, led to speculation that the game could be the latest casualty of restructuring efforts at Aspire's parent company, Embracer Group. Uh, as, this is a quote now. As part of normal business, we delist assets with licensed music when the license expires, a Sony spokesperson said. Um, as noted by journalist uh, Stephen Totillo, it is not clear why music for an upcoming video game would expire, especially because the music featured in the trailer from the Star Wars movies and not licensed externally. A search of uh, PlayStation's YouTube account shows that many Star Wars game trailers, at least as far back as 10 years ago, are still publicly listed. So, um, again, this is just Adam's thing about I never trusted Aspire. Yeah. Uh, but for it to be, like, completely deleted, yeah, that that's maybe we'll get that in PS6 with a different team completely. <sighs> One of the problems with this game, quote-unquote problems, is unfortunately I feel like this is a game that has really been a victim of like the sheer kind of quality creep that has affected a lot of similar ish games that are like, Hey, this is a game that came out a while ago. And now we're planning on kind of like remaking it for the kind of modern era titles, like the more recent dead space remake, uh, final fantasy seven, that series have really kind of raised the bar for what we can expect out of these, uh, like really elaborate reimaginings. And I feel like right now, like, whoever has been burdened with this title is probably in the unenviable unenviable position of like this needs to be like up there with like the best most flashy triple a games of the year or otherwise like nobody's gonna want it and that's unfortunate because i feel like when bioware made it back in the day they you know had every intention of making a premium quality you know star wars rpg experience but i feel like the stakes were not on them in the same way that they are now for whoever's making this. No, that was like, oh, the people who made like Baldur's Gate 2 are going to make exactly. this cool space game. And it's like, oh, no, this game is actually like a 10 out of 10. That's awesome. But now it's like remake a 10 out of 10 20 years later. And right. they're like, I honestly, I don't think Embracer is the company to do it. Yeah. I would be happy if 
I mean, if it's going to be a PlayStation exclusive or even temporary, whatever the deal is, obviously there's PlayStation connection. Let Bluepoint do it. Yeah. I trust Bluepoint over yeah. anybody that Embracer has, besides Crystal Dynamics, because I think they're wonderful. But um, that just makes sense. If it's a PlayStation exclusive, like wholly, give it to the people who are good at remasters and remakes. And, and that's another thing, too, is like, I feel like and I don't have any insight into this, but I would suspect that behind the scenes, one of the big struggles with this game has been how much do we modernize it? Do we kind of stick to its CRPG roots or do we make it more of like an action e type experience? And like, uh, I would hope that the recent success of titles like uh, Baldur's Gate 3 have perhaps convinced the decision makers behind the scene to be like, you know what? We can make a version of this remake that is very true to the original in terms of its gameplay. It'll look super glossy, but it'll still be that more kind of nutty CRPG experience because I feel like if they also want to like completely reinvent its gameplay on top of uh, making it look that much more glossier like a AAA game nowadays should, I don't think this game's ever going to come out. I just think you just make a you just make a new game. You can yeah. call it Kosor remake, but you're just making a new game, but just keeping yeah, the same script, exactly. which is fine. I would also be fine with that because as I yeah. told Chad, I was like, hey, Kosor is great. Don't play it now. Don't play that old <laughs> yeah. game now. You will not like it. Um, we'll see. Again, this is just me dancing Are on the Are you sure? I grade. have it on iPad and I'm sure that's the best place to play it. Don't bother. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I love that game. Don't play it now. Uh, but that's it for all our stories. We're going to go and move on to segment from Adam, segment from Adam. That's to uh, Way Down Hadestown, which is the name mm. of the musical, Hadestown. I just saw that today. Mm. San Jose oh, Performing very Arts nice. Center. Very, Ooh. very, very good musical. Was it based in America, where we have real freedom, unlike Canada, who are no, underneath the queen and the queen? No, it was based in Hades. Oh, At least okay. the second act was... Gotcha. Which is not in America because there was no freedom. And that was actually a big theme of the show that Hades had actually been, you know, there a bunch of people who are working to build this wall and make these factories hmm. and make these automobiles and electricity and all that. But this do they have a shit. Toys R Us though? They do not have a Toys R Us, unfortunately. <laughs> Another reason so, why it's like Canada is better than America, all these countries. Canada. <laughs> yeah, Canada's better than Hades. You heard it here first. Uh, this, uh, since it's October 1st, thankfully, I can go through the Metacritic. Of all the best games of September, and like, hey, we're getting to the end of the year. What's important for Game of the Hell Year? Yeah. I will say, recently, Metacritic updated their website. It used to be I could click on, uh, it's like new releases or like best new releases, and you could do like last 90 days. Mm -hmm. So it was really easy. That's gone now. Now it's just like the best games of 2023. No. So I have to scroll through mm -hmm. everyone and look at the date. It's, I mean, there's like 20 per page, but still. Metacritic. Yeah, Why'd you got to take that on. away? They're playing around. Number one, Phantom Liberty at a 90 on Metacritic. Check it Ooh. out. Peter was there. The game is awesome. Um, I definitely agree with that. Cocoon at an 89. Again, very early in, but it is excellent. Well, I read Look that me playing the Coco on. <laughs> Coco. <laughs> no, it's Wilfred Bremley's Cocoon. Come on, Chad. Get it together. Uh, next up is Starfield in 86. Another game I've played. I think I've played basically everything on this list. Yeah, almost. Wow. Uh, 30XX is up next at an 85. This game is really cool. It's Mega Man X. Oh. Roguelike, I think. Like a roguelike Mega Man game. Uh, apparently, it's really good. People like it a lot. Uh, Lies of P. Oregon uh, at an 84. <laughs> <laughs> Mortal Kombat 1, also at an 84. A game I'm super excited to go on sale. 
because I'm not good at fighting games, but I love their story stuff. So I am excited to check that out whenever it's like 20 bucks. Bomb Rush Cyberfunk at an 83. Um, and then Gumbrella from Devolver Digital at an 82. These are the mm. best games of the month. Do we want to discuss anything that people should play for Game of the Year talk? What's is weird looking over this list is I actually have not played a single game on this list, despite having like kept up a pretty good pace of completing games this month. Is this 30XX was like a, actually a Mega Man property, or is it like the world's biggest ripoff? Not ripoff, it's the world's but biggest. Like, this is basically Mega Man, but not legally up. descript Mega Man. Is this what is, is Mega wow. Man, except instead of having a helmet, the main character has hair. But this your is, companion Zero looks exactly like Zero from the Mega Man X series. This is basically like if Mighty Number no. Nine was actually good. Yeah, 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 yep. yeah, yeah. There you go. Okay. Uh, there's the first game called Twenty XX, which is also apparently good. Um, I will say, I'm going to say yes, Phantom Liberty, because it is an expansion, and CD Projekt Red is the only company I've ever had make expansions that are like worthy of being Game of the Year contenders. Again, it's a tough year, so I'm not saying necessarily it's going to win, but it's. I'm very excited. Everything that they've done with the 2.0 update has me excited for whatever shenanigans they get into. Uh, Cocoon. I, check it out. Very good puzzle game. Starfield. You're going to know if you like it. I like it. Chad hates it. It's fine. I'm going to try um, both. I'm going to get Game Pass for a month, and I'm going to try both Cocoon just play and Starfield. Everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, we like Lies of P. So and High Fire Rush. Yeah, Lies of P. Uh, yeah, definitely play Lies of P. I was listening to uh, something. Maybe it was... Uh, maybe it was Easy Allies, I can't remember. But they were talking about how much... No, it was it was kind of funny. They were talking about how much they hate the fact that Lies of P is hard to tell people about, especially who don't know games. And like, oh, what are you playing? Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm playing Lies of P. Who's Lies? Eliza Minnelli? No, Lies of, Lies of P. What is that? <laughs> like, hey, what, what, explain this. <laughs> I saw a joke. Someone was like, they definitely named it Lies of P because trying to spell Pinocchio every time was going to be too hard. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like, I don't disagree. Um, all right, that's my segment. Good games, check them out. We're about to get really in the shit. It's October now. There's mm. some heavy hitters coming, everybody. Mm -hmm. um, and that's it for my segment. Hell yeah. Guess what, guys? What? It's time for Cozy's Question of the Week. We're bringing it back. And I've decided this time around, you know, when you originally pitched this idea to me, Chad, you were like, you know, you write in a bunch of questions to kind of funny. Maybe you could take some of those questions and ask them here on the podcast. I'm like, you know what? That sounds like a good idea. First time we did this segment, I asked you guys a very video gamey segment, a uh, video gamey question that I made up for the podcast. And I realized in retrospect, you know what? I don't need to overthink this. Let's just take the questions that I ask kind of funny, copy and paste them wholesale and ask them to you guys. Love it. Recycling so I'm gonna is important for the health of the planet. The two of you, which person on this podcast has the best hometown? <laughs> I know who it's not. Mm, mm. <laughs> of course, your boy uh, was born and raised in Montreal, still currently lives in it. It's a nice little town. I would say very underrated on the international stage. I don't feel like it gets a lot of international love, but we're a nice little city. It's kind of like New Orleans, but uh, a lot less dirty and a lot uh, more cold. Okay. Right. Chad, where are you from? Yeah, I'm, I'm born and raised. Isn't that a question? Is it where we're from or where we live? Oh, that's a good question. Because uh, that I would could be say, different answers. Uh, in the what was the question exactly? 
which person on this podcast has the best hometown? So I'm going to go with where you were originally born and raised, not where you're living right now. Oh, that's it. So I'm going to say Mint Hill. Mint Hill is a suburb of Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, We are known for our closeted racism. Um, (laughs) We are known for our Trump 2020 signs being in our yards for way too many years after Trump's 2020 election. (laughs) We are known for... uh, uh, Sorry. Trump's failed 2020 election. Um, we are also known for the transgender bathroom bill and being scared of other people of different gender seeing our PP in our private place. Um, so, yeah, that might win. I mean, at least we got freedom, though. You know how That's true. We, we, yeah, here we, in Montreal, we here in Montreal have poutine as like our kind of like local specialty. What's like the local specialty? The poutine? No. <laughs> there you go again. Stop saying it. What what is the local p word specialty of the place that you're from? Oh God, um, possum, <laughs> possum. <laughs> no, probably like Dunkaroos from the Dollar General. <laughs> oh, those are great. Uh, my hometown. Oh, I'm gonna. I don't know which one I'm gonna do. I've got one. Oh, so it's either Indianapolis or it's for sales, Kentucky. Which one sounds better to you guys? What's more fun? Well, no one likes Indiana. Well, that's a yeah, lie. Well, let's okay. go with Kentucky. Come on. Versailles, Kentucky is very cool. It is where uh, D- Woodford Reserve, like one of the best bourbons in the world, is distilled there. And the one thing, it, it is it is a little small little country town. Well, it's not that small. But it is legitimately like, every, it is beautiful. It is, whenever someone gives you a, like a picture, like a postcard of like Bluegrass State, that is legitimately what everyone's house looks like. But go to the negatives is a little bit of a hick town not not that bad but it is like this is there's like three thousand people in this town and there's bourbon which is cool but you know you want to drive 20 minutes to get to lexington because that's where the real fun is uh all right which one of those is the best Hmm. Hmm. what about uh is there like a local specialty in for sales that we would appreciate woodford reserve (laughs) <laughs> okay you know what that's yeah, that's fair i i gotta be honest like as much as i you know am here to represent my home city of montreal like i gotta appreciate versailles the kind of a weird way that you pronounce it because i was just in versailles in uh france incorrect don't say that here <laughs> <laughs> but are they spelled everything the same? it's spelled exactly the same, the same yeah, as like no. louisville and louisville right <laughs> yeah like yeah. Don't say it the right way or else you're going to get shot. It's a weird American thing. I will say, you know, I'm not going to vote for myself. I actually have another vote. Yeah, I do like how pretty it is and and bourbon because I'm a big bourbon fan. I will vote for Cozy's just because as much as I do love the South, Chad makes a point that racism is not fun. No, no, it's not. So, but there's no racism in Canada unless you're Indian, as we learned from Venba. But because probably, I don't know, it's mostly white up there, right? So they don't even know what racism is. Uh, <laughs> very uncomfortable. That, <laughs> things are more complicated than that. I like Canada. Um, I'll just but say no, I would say, yeah, I'd Thank say you. you sold Canada much better than I sold It's a my major hometown, city, too. Because yeah, I like yeah, my hometown, yeah. but a major city is like a much cooler thing to think about. I, I feel a little feel a little embarrassed having all this praise directed at Montreal. Montreal, though, a great city. I have no qualms with it being number one. But yeah, I think we would have to put for sales at number two in that case. And I guess wherever Chad came from will be at number three. <laughs> <laughs> Charlotte is also, it's a big city, but it's a boring ass city. Like it was known yeah. just for banking and then the banks left. And now it's just like nothing to do in Charlotte to go, except for go see a mid-tier 
football The Panthers, team. right? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Very good question, Cozy. Yeah. yeah very good. And that's that it for Cozy's question of the week, which means that it is time for... Game on Game Show. The Game on Our Game Show. We play a game called Game on the Gaming Show on our Game Show. Game, 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 game. Returning segment that is three months late, but it doesn't matter because there's still plenty of content. We are playing MFK 2K23, baby! Part 2. Okay. MFK, Mary Fuck Kill. Oh, so this is a okay. tradition in Respawn Aim Fire history. We've done it almost every six months, where we look at the next six months' worth of games uh, that are coming out, and we decide which ones we want to marry, which ones we want to fuck, and which ones we want to kill. The distinction between those three means absolutely nothing. Um, if we choose a game to marry, it doesn't mean that we're all excited for it. If we choose a game to kill, it doesn't mean we all hate it. It just means whatever it means. As a refresher, we did this back in January. So MFK 2K23 Part 1. Um, we chose ultimately to marry Diablo 4, fuck Horizon Call of the Mountain, and kill Dead Island 2. That was the results of the first half of the year. Now, as we were going through part two, usually we were supposed to do this in June, but I had completely forgotten. But it doesn't matter because usually I choose 12 games and I chose 12. I started making my list of going through the like what's coming out before the end of the year. And I had 12 games already before October was done. So like we've got plenty of shit. So I had to weed out a couple of things. We've narrowed it down to 12 games throughout the, the remaining quarter of the year. And we're going to figure out what are we going to marry? What are we going to fuck? And what are we going to kill? And the the thing is, it has to be unanimous as a group. So we might have to like make some some uh, concessions for others. So we are splitting these up into four smaller groups, and then we'll decide from those results what ends up being our ultimate for each one. The first group, I've kind of themed them together, themed them together as back at it. So these are three like games. It? it maybe. Three games that are kind of returning to the roots of their originals a little bit that are coming out. We have Assassin's Creed Mirage. We have Sonic Superstars. And we have Detective Pikachu Returns. What are we mm. marrying, fucking, and killing? Hmm. I mean, I know what Alex wants to do to Sonic, but I don't know if I want to say it out loud. Um... <laughs> Which is why I'm going to say that I am going to fuck... <laughs> Sonic Superstars, which actually is what I'll do in this case, because Sonic, uh, I, I've had a bit of a mixed experience with the 2D Sonic games, uh, but this looks to be a quality product, so I feel like fuck is around the level where I'll put my excitement for it. And I guess from there, hmm. I'll just kill Assassin's Creed, because that ass uh, Creed kind of looks kind of ass, and <laughs> I'll marry Detective Pikachu, even though I'm not super stoked about it. Here's what I'll say. Detective Pikachu is on the kill list for me. I'm that's oh. the one out of the three too. who gives who cares? I don't I don't think I've heard anyone talk about that game. Besides that Danny DeVito's not in it, don't care. Here's also a thing. It's it looks like it's gonna be a baby ass game for babies, and you can't fuck a baby, yep. you can't marry a baby. You should babies <laughs> die all the time though. That's <laughs> maybe, maybe that I will that. play this game just to spite the two of you. Have fun. So yeah, I'm leaning towards killing Detective Pikachu Returns. That's Can we convince you to do that, Cozy? We are, we're both for it. Let me make an uh, argument mean, for not killing can, can Assassin's Creed. Can I ask Creed a question? Mirage, where where where, the two, where do the two of you want to put Assassin's Creed by comparison? So here's what I'm thinking. Assassin's mm. Creed, which you've currently chosen to kill, I'm thinking Assassin's Creed is like we know what it's going to be. It's going to be the same mm -hmm. Assassin's Creed 
Ezio type combat, the same kind of story. It's going to be short this time. It's going to be like 20 to 30 hours. It's a known quantity. That's the kind of thing that you want, like that solid, reliable rock of a marriage. It's not necessarily exciting all the time. But Sonic Superstar is like, oh, this has the potential, maybe. New things in there. New people we're inviting. Maybe this is a good I feel one-time like story. I, I can't argue my way out of this. Let's go with that. That's fine. I'm fine with that. Mary Assassins um, give uh, Sonic the good old one-two and kill uh, Pikachu. I'm fine with that. All right. So I'm perfect. Number two. Or sorry, group two. We're calling this Better Than Before. So these mm-hmm. are sequels that are hoping to one-up themselves from the previous one. We have Marvel Spider-Man 2, Ghost Runner 2, mm-hmm. and WarioWare Move It. Hmm. So I'll throw out there that WarioWare Move It could be a fun fuck. Like, that's doing weird, kinky yeah. shit that's yeah. experimental. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And those, that series, like, pretty good. Like, a pretty consistently solid track record. Some weird sidesteps here and there but even those aren't that bad um i gotta be honest like i know that ghost runner 2 is getting like pretty good previews right now i know that ghost runner 1 is on our current uh patreon poll for this month barf i know i'm jumping ahead a little bit on that i don't have a lot of excitement slash interest for the ghost runners and i would be fine killing that off which feels a little redundant because it already is a ghost so but <laughs> I'm going to concede my vote to Cozy because we made him marry Assassin's Creed. So I'm fine with going whatever you want to go with on this one. This one, one time. All right. Well, in, that, in an unexciting turn of events, Marvel Spider-Man by process of elimination is what we're marrying. Sure. All right. As, as, which, which version of Peter? <laughs> He's got you three can switch between faces. them on the fly. That's why we're marrying it. Okay, right, there we go. Very fun. All right, group number three is called Wow You With New. So tried things that like we know we like or, or have been around, but they're hoping with a new twist to bring you in for this next one. Super Mario Wonder. Super Mario RPG. Oh, RPG. Lords of the Fallen. Does anybody here hmm. feel strongly at all about Lords of the Fallen? That's another game yes. like Ghost Runner 2 where people are excited for it. It seems like it's going to be a quality product. I don't have any interest in it. I, For the sake of this uh, exercise, I think that that should not be the kill just because that's too easy. So I mm. think one of the Marios has to get killed to make this interesting. Shit. Uh, I think you're right. Otherwise, the other Mario is going to be jealous. Like, this is the Mario mm. that she wants you to be. This is the Mario you're jealous of. Whatever that meme is. Like... Yeah. She tells you not yeah, to worry about. It's like one of them's got to be dead. Otherwise, okay, I get you. So do you want to marry or get down with Mario is the question. And then becomes the case of which one do you actually want. And then we got to kill the other one. I think that's interesting. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so Lords of the Fallen. This is like a Dark Souls-like thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's a Souls-like mm-hmm. thing. I imagine this is not something you want to be with the re- for the rest of your life. That's scary. Can you imagine waking up to that every single morning? Like It's just scary and wet all the time. <laughs> scary and wet, which sometimes can be thrilling, but that's like a one-time get it, like hit it and quit it kind of thing. So I'm thinking we fuck Lords of the Fallen. Okay. Which leaves us with marrying one of the Marios. One Mario. So in your heart of hearts, so, which, which Mario do you want to marry? Here's the thing, Chad. I am in a little bit of a conundrum because I actually have some 
deep and hard thoughts on my expectations going into Super Mario Wonder, but I feel like in order to share those thoughts, I would also have to share what I thought about new Super Mario Bros. U, which we played <gasps> for last month's barf, but I don't want to spoil Uh-oh. them here. So what I will say is that in terms of Super Mario RPG, I do feel like the bar has been raised a little bit on that title to impress me again. I played the original version of the game back in the day and I enjoyed it then, but Sea of Stars, which is a very similar game mechanically and tonally, really impressed me this past month. And there is part of me that's like, hmm, will Super Mario RPG cut it or will it feel perhaps a little bit passe in light of a lot of the improvements that Sea of Stars brought to the table? Or will they both coexist as good RPGs? I don't know. Here's another way to think about it. Do you want to marry an elephant or a puppet named Gina? (laughs) I mean, when you put it that way. Well, here's another way to think about it. What if you, what if we, I'm going to throw this out there. Feel free to argue with it. What if we marry Super Mario Wonder? And here's my argument. Maybe at face value, you know what you're going to get. It's routine. You like it. It's enjoyable. It's good. Every once in a while, though, you discover something wild about your partner that you never knew, which is oh, similar to like wonder. Like suddenly the level just like changes and you're like, oh, my God, I had no idea that was a thing about you. And you're just like it leaves room and opportunity for growth in your relationship. Wow. You have a pet elephant. I didn't even see where you kept it. Yeah. I, have we seen that effect before? I one forgot time, it existed yes. until like three days ago. So it is new ish to the pod. It, I've done it once today. All right, you know what? Let's let's marry Wonder. Let's go with that. All right, we'll kill RPG. All right, our last group. I call this something fresh. New ideas. Uh, we have Quantum Error, which if you haven't thought about that in a while, it is very much a like Dead Space-like mixed with... It's like a, a PS5 exclusive like horror... Gross What's this enemy, game called like, again? Game. Quantum Quantum Error. Look at some screenshots. Sure. While also mixed with like some weird interdimensional maybe space shit. But you're you're play like a fighter fighter too. It was similar to Isaac Clark. He's like I'm an engineer, but like you're just a firefighter who now has to fight off these aliens. And we have Wizard with a Gun. Okay. Which is you know the very evokes some Bastion in there. Uh, and then we have Lord of the Rings: Return to Moria which is that new game coming out, which is like you're exploring the mines of Moria. You can get through it in a few hours if you take the same route that, you know, the Fellowship did. Hmm. So those are our games. Quantum Error, Wizard with a Gun, Lord of the Rings, Return to Moria. Well, I already can say I cannot kill Wizard with a Gun because it's Devolver, so you're automatically a leg up. The other two... Mm, honest, that Moria game looked like it's going to be trash. Uh, <laughs> but... This uh, quantum error that I never heard of. I'm looking at it and like, yeah, that Me looks too. like a, a current gen whatever, but it's also by a team I've never heard of before who's made one game I've never heard of before. Um, so my only real thing is I do not want to kill the Devolver game. Outside of that, I could be swayed one way or the other. Let's kill the Lord of the Rings game because I think we're all pretty low on it. I don't think any of us want to fuck with it. Um, I'm watching the trailer right now for Quantum Error. Had not heard of this game before. I will say, I will say, I really do like, again, going back to Dead Space, which you compared it to at the front, I really do like this idea of you're a person that has like a normal ass job that you're very skilled in, but it's a very specific normal ass job, but that 
is the extra little bit of skill that gives you the strength and know-how to persevere against a supernatural threat. So I do like that a lot. I have um, really no feelings either way other than I like Wizard with a gun. Let's, so. you know what? I would I would go with fuck Quantum Error because I feel like, you know, will this game truly be a groundbreaking experience? No, but I'd want to. I'd want to try it out. And we'll marry Wizard with a gun because it seems like it's going to be, it seems like of the three titles we just listed, the one that is most guaranteed to be baseline good. I All love right. that Alex's idea of, of the F part of MFK is I'll try it out. <laughs> I guess it's kind of like a one-time fuck. That's what it is, right? Yeah. Try that yeah, out. yeah. See how this goes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So now our job is to take the four kills, the four Marys, and the four fucks, and narrow it down to what is our one kill game, what is our one fuck game, what is our one Mary game for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. So let's start with kill. We've decided to kill Detective Pikachu Returns, Ghost Runner 2, Super Mario RPG and Lord of the Rings Return to Moria. What do we want to kill most? Lord of the Rings. Yeah, so there's only one that Lord I actually Rings? think is going to be oh, bad, okay. and that's Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah which okay, feels yeah. It, it, it's a little bit sad because you'd think that you would marry a game with ring in its title, but alas, <laughs> I was honestly I'm surprised that like you all were so definitive, and fact, Detective Pikachu was not even considered in there. But uh, yeah, I was not. I'll, I'm fine with that. For the record, I I wanted Detective Pikachu higher, but it's all right. Okay, okay. Uh, let's go with our fuck, since that is a one-time thing. Oh, yeah, we, try it out. We're choosing, <laughs> let's try it out, between Sonic Superstars, WarioWare Move It, Lords of the Fallen, and Quantum Error. Hmm. What is our What's one the... game we want to fuck most in the next three months? I, so is it Sonic? Yeah. Lords of the Fallen. Sonic, WarioWare, Lords of the Fallen, Quantum Error. I think for me it's got to be one of those top two, but I'm just spitballing here i'm kind of in there too yeah i gotta be honest i feel like quantum error again it most best epitomizes a game that you want to fuck you want to again give it a shot (laughs) you don't know if it's going to be good but it looks really interesting Hmm. i was leaning towards wario where move it that like despite you know warioware being kind of a slob wario being kind of a slob and like eating onions and shit and smelly and it also is like that could be the most fun of all of these. Sure, but I guess I don't know. Adam, I was thoughts? thinking, I was thinking Sonic because of all you perverts out there. I know that's what y'all <laughs> want to do. Hmm, <sighs> this is a tough one. I could be swayed very easily to one way or the other, though. What are you guys thinking here? How about this? I'm gonna give one of you raise your hand. I'm gonna give you my vote. But remember this for the final round. Oh, shit. Bribery. Okay. Podcast. I'm saying it now. I don't feel strongly enough about WarriorWare, so then I'll let Alex take this. All right. Do you really want this one? Do you really want this one to win and not care about the one that we marry? (laughs) Yeah. Let's go for it. Let's go at Quantum Mary. Okay. You get this. You get the one where you experiment. Yep. All right. Remember this. Mary. Remember this. What game do we most want to marry? We are choosing between AC Mirage, Spider Man 2, Super Mario Wonder, and wizard with a gun. Ooh. Now this is a fun one. Again, for me, AC is off the list immediately. Same. Yeah, out, out the window. Um, but what would be more interesting to be with forever, Spider-Man? I think for me, it's between Spider-Man or Wizard with a gun. Or Wizard with a gun, and then there's Wonders, the other one. What was on our our kill was Moria. Fuck was Quantum Error. Quantum Error. Hmm. 
Cozy, do you have any thoughts? I mean, they don't matter because you owe me a favor, but what are your thoughts? <laughs> Spider-Man 2 is not only going to be a pretty meaty game, but also you have to imagine there's probably a lot of like post-game content coming down the road, even though they have not talked about that just yet. Um, Mario's less likely to get post-game content, but again, a very meaty-ass game. Um, Wizard for the Gun, I don't know. Sometimes you pick up some of these indie games and they're good and they're fun, but by hour 12, they start to feel a little repetitive. For me, it would be Wizard or Spider-Man, but okay. Spider-Man does have a Puerto Rican and black kid with dreads, and that is a big plus for me. Sure. All right. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm on yeah. board. I'll go with that. Even though I wish Peter would choose a face and stick with it, I think Miles <laughs> makes up for the fact that Peter can't figure out what he wants to do. Hey, that keeps like. the marriage interesting. You never know who's going to come home. This is how they're going to introduce the multiverse for Spider-Man 3. It's all part of think their long time. Oh, shit. We're actually marrying Peter, Miles, and whoever is Venom. Yeah. Because I'm sure Venom will survive this game. I'm sure Venom's going to be alive at the end. A wink. What if we get? What if our next spinoff game is not Miles Morales two, but it's Spider Man Venom? Ooh, and we play as Venom. But, but Venom on I'm the cat. I'm getting hyped right now. Okay. Um, Venom goes over the bodega cat, and you're just a Venom cat. <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we have chosen for the remainder of 2023 that we are most likely to marry Marvel Spider Man two, fuck Quantum Error, and kill Lord of the Rings: Return to Moria. Thank you for that journey. For MFK 2K23 Part 2 on Respawning Fire. That's it for our Game on Game Show. That is it for episode 325 of Respawn Aim Fire. As Alex alluded to earlier, there's a lot of exciting things going on right now on patreon.com slash respawnaimfire. First, there is a barf poll. Technically, you can vote on this on Twitter, but your vote is severely diminished there. If you vote on this poll on Patreon, your vote weighs what much, much more. So until this Thursday, you get to help us choose what game we're playing in October. Is it going to be Ghost Runner, Ghostwire Tokyo, The Medium, or the fourth game I picked? Oh, Little Hope. Dark Pictures Anthology, Little Hope. Um, so that's your barf poll. While you're there, you have exclusive access for the entire month of October to our newest episode of Rafferty, starring the Comedy Button folks, Anthony Gallegos and Ryan Scott. Scott. Got it, Ryan Scott. I told them to their faces, to their virtual faces, I have not listened to anything you've ever done, but I did Wikipedia you on the toilet five minutes ago. Um, but they are pretty dope dudes. And then also Jerrica Hanna was there from JK Games, who you all know because she's been on so much of our content in the past. So that's exclusive for Patreon members until uh, the end of the month. And then you'll get another exclusive one in November. And this month's Barf game, speaking of Barf, uh, we are playing Super Mario Bros. U, which you can play on the Wii U, or you can play on the Nintendo Switch, or you can play at your friend's house in the attic. And however you play it, we're talking about it this week. We're talking, yep, about, we're this talking week. about it this Thursday, October the 5th. This Thursday, October 5th, if you would love, if you're hearing this right now as it comes out and you would love to be on the show with us, send us a message on Twitter or X or email at respondingfire at gmail.com and let us know. We would love to have you on the show. That's it. I said all the things that need to be said. I'll, I'll say it one more time. Go play Sea of Stars, everyone. It's on, a, it's on the service you already have. And if it's not, it's $35. Just go play it. Good game. Anyway. 
And then if you want to be on our spoiler cast for that and you beat it in the next, like, I don't know, three days or a week, then let us know. And that's it. Thank you, Alex, for joining us again as our regular, uh, RAF regular here. If folks want to go see pictures of your Dixie Kong. <laughs> Maybe don't joke about that because you will definitely not find that over on my Twitter account at Alex. You Cusina. don't have pictures of your Dixie Kong Lego set on your Twitter? Oh, that's what you were trying to say. Yeah, was, I said pictures of your Dixie Kong. Actually, I don't know if I got Kong out before I started laughing, but all I heard was dicks and then laughing. <laughs> if, if I posted <laughs> pictures of the Dixie Kong Lego set on my Twitter account, it's been a while. Uh, you will, however, get to see pictures of my new TV stand that I'm building there soon. So if you really love TV stands, you better go to twitter.com slash Alex Kazina, A-L-E-X-K-O-Z-I-N-A. Dope. Adam, plug something. What are you doing now? Uh, not much. I'm just here. Um, all of the uh, PAX stuff is up, though. So, Left Behind Game Club and uh, Crossplay Conversations. That's this one, Left Behind Game Club. Yeah, yeah. And then that's this I one, did. Crossplay Conversations. It's a couple of stuff that I did up there for PAX West. That was fun times. Um, has anything else happened? I don't know. Shit. Live your life, brother. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Shovel your Dixie Kong. <laughs> <laughs> all right that's it everybody thank you so much for listening until next time here's our usual sign off show me your dixie kong goodbye Nasty.